Hey yo, and here we go. Another episode of We Talk Music is on the air and in your ear. Once again, I am Monten, and with me is the king of the casters. He is Mr. Brett Podcast. And with a, with a name like that, you, you got to bring it, Brett. And I think we got a good guest today. I think you brought it. Well, that's right. We do have a good guest. I mean, you know, we like great music and we have some really, really, really good music here from Sarah Moon. She is a wonderful singer. Cut and Run is the new album. Uh, Sarah, how are you? I'm doing excellent. Yeah, it's a beautiful sunny day today, uh, which is unusual for Portland, so I'm very excited. <laughs> well, we can't quite claim that here, but that's okay. We'll accept that you have that. Uh, so. <laughs> the sunshine for all of us, I guess. Yes. <laughs> so, um, Cut and Run, let's talk about it. Uh, how did the album come about? How did the album come about? Well, <clears throat> I have a songwriting partner by the name of Brandon Cook. And he and I have just kind of been collaborating on and off for years. And uh, it just, I was just ready. I was ready for the next album. Um, we had done a previous album together. It was more of a Americana sort of roots rock album called Good Girls Sleep Alone. And um, I was ready to do some rock. So we took some songs we had kind of been working with and then wrote a few more and just compiled, you know, the eight song album. So how long have you known Brandon? Oh, probably 15, 17 years, somewhere around there. And uh, why don't you let people know? Because, I mean, I know he's done a lot of work. Why don't you let people know what uh, what what his uh, credentials are? Oh, yeah. What what aren't his credentials more like? <clears throat> um, he is, well, he's in Black and Blue. So, you know, the, the diehard Black and Blue fans probably know who he is. He's a guitarist for them. And he has been for, I don't know, over 10 years, I think. Um, he also is in a band called The Loyal Order, which are um, a, a, an amazing kind of rock, more metal band based out of Portland as well. And then who else do you have uh, playing on the album? On the album, I had Alan Hunter on bass. So he is the touring bassist for the Eels, um, currently with them in Europe somewhere at this point. And then on drums, I had Kyle Baltus. We also had a fantastic organist named Jean-Pierre Garau. Um, and then I had a smattering of some backup singers and some horn players and just a little bit of everything. There's That's... a little bit of everything on the album, that's for sure. I mean, uh, when, when you're have an album like that with many different diverse sounds. How do you choose what album, what, what songs are the best representation of the album? How do you choose, you know, what to put out there as a single? Well, that's a good question. Um, each of my albums has a little outlayer song. So each of them sort of uh, predicts what the next album is going to be. So on my first, very first album, it's a blues album. And then there's kind of this one, folky indie rockish song that led to the next album and then you know so basically on cut and run we have uh, a bunch of the heaviest rock that i've ever done it's not metal by any means but it's heavy rock and then we also have a song that i had uh written with my previous soul my previous soul band called sarah moon in the night sky um so you know the next album will hopefully be a little bit more bluesy but um this one was just we were just ready to rock we just had a lot to say <laughs> i needed to get it out and it is a, it's got to, i mean cut and run has a really good riff to it you know i mean it's one of those riffs when i first heard it i'm like oh okay that got my attention i mean you know, I mean, we didn't, I, we kind of came into this a little bit blind, not knowing what to expect musically from you yep. when, we, when we went to listen to the album and then went back and listened to the other stuff. So, uh, you know, uh, it's one of those things where I think one of the 
few misconceptions left is uh oh a woman she's rocking you know it's still the one thing what you know i mean we've broken down a lot of barriers but there still seems to be a oh she, she's playing rock so what do you what do you kind of say to people who think that you, you that you catch them off guard like that well you know i have a pretty strong voice and i'm known for having some some powerful vocals and so i needed um music that that kind of matched up with that um and I, and I really wanted the album to be different than anything I'd done before. But yeah, there is definitely a stigma, especially when, you know, a woman puts a guitar in her hands. You know, I mean, Nancy Wilson's been fighting it since whenever, the 70s, right? And uh, we're, we're still dealing with it today. But um, there's so many kick-ass women rockers out there now that I think that's, that's you know, it's going to go by the wayside eventually. Now, when you do you think about your fan base when you kind of... Uh, shift to a different sound or a little like a, a little bit of a different genre as you move on do you worry that maybe they won't get it and won't follow not as much i i'm more focused on just kind of creating and um i think that it's necessary for an artist to evolve and and find their new sound or you know maybe their signature sound doesn't appear until their third album who knows but um I, i'm not so focused on that just just creating the the material and kind of getting the voice out there. So when it comes down to the songwriting, like what is the process for that? Um, well, typically Brandon and I will meet up and uh, we do it a few different ways. So sometimes I'm in the car. It usually happens when I'm in the car, like <laughs> listening to music, singing along, and I'll get a lyric in my head or a melody or a kind of a chorus vibe. And so I'll just take a little re voice recording of it. And then I'll meet up with him and he'll write some chords to go around it. Um, and then sometimes he has a chord progression or sort of like an idea that I'll just write lyrics to. I free write a lot. And so oftentimes I can just take some of those lyrics that I've already written and kind of fine tune them to fit, um, you know, what chord progression he's come up with, but we, we work together. So we, um, we'll start with an idea and then take it in many directions until it kind of finds its footing and then say yay or nay as the process unfolds. So it's like, okay, you know, I want to go here vocally. Can we go here with the chord progression or vice versa? Now, when it comes down to time, I mean, we've talked to a lot of musicians and sometimes they say that the songs will come together in like two minutes and then sometimes they can struggle over whole months, you know, with a lyric. Do you find that same kind of thing? No, I'm quick. Patience <laughs> for it, but I will have huge lulls in between. You know, I'll be like, "Oh man, I haven't written anything in a year," and then you know, I'll have like a, a few songs. You know, it's kind of like writing, right? If you're an author or even a poet or whatever, you you get those kind of writer's block times where you're like, "Okay, I'm going to free write a bunch of crap until something good happens." But um, for me, the song generally comes together fairly quickly. And um, this last album, we also worked with a producer just to kind of help fine tune things. But we had most of the songs already assembled when we when we met up with him. So then what did the producer offer be like with fine tuning? Like, was it was it for not just the music, but like going into the when you go into the studio with him? Did he kind of work with you on your voice at all? Um, he was more focused on the overall kind of ambiance sounds so like any of the synth stuff and the percussion aspects of things and just kind of like hey guys let's put a bridge that goes like this here like just he just took our skeleton of songs and just kind of like tweaked them ever so slightly 
um, which was great because, you know, he thought of things that we definitely wouldn't have thought of because we're in the middle of the lyrics and the, and the, <clears throat> the melody of the songs and the chord progressions. But um, yeah, it was, it was a fantastic experience for sure to, to work with a third party on that. Now, I mean, you've only got eight songs on the album. Like, did you have more or were, were these eight kind of the ones where you were just like, yep, this, these are the ones? Those were the ones. Yeah, there was a ninth song in the works, but that will be for a later date. And then when you're working on, on like the order of them, you know, like, how do you kind of like, how do you choose what goes where in your, in the order for the songs? Sure. So this one sort of tells a story. It's kind of a timeline base. So usually when I get to the end and I go, oh man, I have to order these, put these songs in order. Like, you know, what's going to be the one that captures everyone's ear. Cause you know, back in the day when we're listening to full albums, you're like track one's got to really catch them, you know? Um, and so for me, it just, it worked in kind of a chronological order of events of the the themes of the songs themselves. So it came together pretty quickly on this one. Brett and I were mentioning to each other right before the interview that Golden Silences is our favorite song for each it of us. Fantastic. So uh, tell us a little bit about that song. Yeah, I actually, what I have a kid. And so we were jamming, I think he was like three. And uh, he was counting it off, one, two, three, four. And I would just like strum my guitar. <laughs> you know, we're just messing around. And I just kept strumming this kind of pattern. And I was like, oh, that's cool. You know, it, it kind of has like a Neil Young vibe. And then kind of like, you know, we ended up making it sort of, I mean, it's it's not comparable to Zeppelin, but that was kind of where we went with it. We're like, all right, cool. We can add some mandolin and some, you know, um, just some aspects of acoustic instruments with that one. But that song started uh, with just me playing with my kid. And then um, lyrically, it was um, uh, just about some some life experience, basically, and just those kind of comfortable silences that you can have with people and and how beautiful life can be, even if it's a struggle. You still have that kind of fresh 24, a fresh start the next day. You mentioned you're known for your strong voice. One of the things that really stuck out to me was uh, you got to sometimes you let out a primal scream, I guess you can say. Does that yeah. feel really good when you're just let loose like that in a song? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm I'm a classically trained um, vocalist with a background of the loose background in opera. So if you do it properly, it feels really good. I mean, if you don't, then you know it. But um, those ones come come pretty naturally, and and in one take in the studio, which was exciting for me, especially the high notes. <clears throat> <laughs> you never know how that's gonna go. We recorded the album when it was during like a heat wave, so we um, had our engineer Jameson Durr. He flew up from California, and uh, we <laughs> recorded at the Hollowed Halls here, and it was like it was literally 115 degrees outside, which wow. is unusual for us and uh we had done all the demos at our producer's studio um during like the cold snap but also during the pandemic so we were in like three different rooms like i was doing like vocal takes and guitar takes in like the garage and this like isolation covid isolation booth and just freezing so we we hit both ends of the spectrum when we we're working on this project <laughs> you gotta suffer for your art you do yeah for sure <laughs> let's, let's talk a little bit about your musical journey because I mean you grew up surrounded by music right yes yes um, my parents owned a sound company and we toured with bands starting when I was oh, I was about two 
And um, <clears throat> so we've we've always been around music, always been kind of in the scene. And I think that was definitely inspiring for me just to to see, I mean, that you're kind of just, that's all you're doing, right? You're eating, living, sleeping, breathing music. And um, I dabbled in other things growing up, but I always just kept coming back to singing. Uh, was there an aha moment where you went, that's it, I'm just, this is it. This is what I'm meant to do. I'm going to go for it. Was there that moment? Yeah, for sure. Um, kind of once I realized I could sing. So I had um, a music teacher in grade school who was the founder of a children's choir, the Rapid City Children's Chorus. And um, she just, you know, presented the chorus to the class. And she said, hey, if you guys want to audition, you know, I'll give you a voice lesson after school and teach you how to audition. And um, so I did that and came home and told my mom I was going to audition for a children's choir. And she was like, okay, let's do this. And um yeah, from that moment on, once I realized and got accepted into that choir, I was like, oh, this is a thing I could do. And then the more training I had, the more I realized um, that it was just, it's it's just why I'm here. Yeah. Do you listen to all sorts of different music growing up then as well? Just, just like a, a wide variety of different sounds? Absolutely. Yeah. My parents were like into the, you know, classic rock, like zeppelin beatles um you know Jimi hendrix janice all that kind of stuff acdc of course and but because we were doing sound for so many different style artists we do like blues festivals we do you know reggae rock um jazz and so i was just exposed to a lot of it and then also on my journey as a young choral singer i sang all different types of music so even Gregorian chant, like <laughs> you never think people would be singing. Do you um like do, you, or I guess how do your parents feel when you bring them your music to listen to? Oh, I think they're stoked. You know, I, I think they kind of are just like can't believe that I'm <laughs> that I'm doing what I'm doing. But I mean, they're definitely supportive, and and you know, being both music lovers and musical themselves, they're they're encouraging for sure. So then when it comes down to live shows, like how many live shows do you get the chance to do? Well, I play in three different bands. So I just started doing shows to support the album. Um, I just had the CD release only a couple months ago. So we've done a couple there, but I also play guitar. Um, you know, I know it can be really tongue in cheek to, to bring up the um, tribute scene, but there's a pretty uh, flourishing tribute scene here in the Pacific Northwest and Western Canada. And so I play in a band called Barracuda and I play Nancy Wilson. So I, I play guitar and, and sing in that band and and we play often. So I'm I'm on fly updates with them quite a bit. And they're they're all based out of Canada. So I'm the only US they call me their import. Um and so we're all over the place with that band. It's fun. Well that's one of the interesting things is that I know we've talked to a lot of people who also play in in the in the tribute acts and and i think there's probably more to it than most people think isn't there i mean it's it, it is a much bigger scene than than i think we expect i mean i know when i first heard about it i was like what is this this is ridiculous and then i kind of went to some shows and i was like wait this is like the fun of musical theater right you can get dressed up and wear the wigs and the costumes and you know get the guitars that are you know similar or whatever and uh but the audience is into it 
they know all the lyrics. They're there to see it. They're there to relive whatever, you know, their youth or those memories that those songs bring up for people. And so I, it's such a blast. It's so much fun. So then how difficult is it to learn like, you know, Nancy's guitar work and stuff like that? <laughs> that was an undertaking. I'll be honest. I was not much of a guitarist before I got hired. I was like a strummer just to write songs and, you know, accompany myself. I mean, I've been performing with guitar for like 20 years at that point, but, but not, <laughs> not on that level. Um, so, you know, I got the gig and I was like, Ooh, I don't know if I'm going to be qualified. And they're like, no, 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 you got this. So I'm like, okay, cool. Oh, uh, okay. And it was during the pandemic. So I had nine months to learn art, like the catalog, basically like learn, well, it was 90 minutes worth of heart. And so I just dug in, I hired a guitar instructor and just went for it. Like, you know, it just took a lot of effort, but luckily I was, I'm one of those people that when I get a goal and I'm like, I'm ready, let's go for it. So I, I just just put the time aside and did it, you know, but it's it's been um, a lifelong dream to really, really play guitar like that. And so I'm super thankful to have the opportunity to, um, you know, it's sort of one of those things I wasn't going to do it just sitting around the house. Right. So I had to get the gig first and then. And then learn it all. So yeah, now now we're cooking with gas. But man, if you had seen me a few years ago, you'd have been like, oh, how are you gonna pull this off? <laughs> but I did, and the band was none the wiser. So <laughs> what uh so what like what lessons do you learn from like playing with an act like Barracuda that you kind of take in to your own music? Well, what's cool about performing with them is they're all world-class performers, and we've you know. We've been together at this band. I've been with them, I guess, two and a half years, nearly three years now. Is that right? Yeah, a couple of years now. Um, and so, like, you know, the the singer who plays Anne has been performing for at least 30 years. It's just, like, solid, well-versed performers. Our rhythm section, our bassist is actually in bad company, and our drummer is the drummer for Paul Rogers when he's touring. So I just wow. get some, like, good. first and <laughs> information yeah and then the guitarist is like you know he's a canadian uh like gold record <laughs> canadian artist so i get to play these world-class players and i think the, the most important thing i learn is just like not to sweat the small stuff right like you know one of the the greatest pieces of information was like you know i messed up that time and oh that kind of sucked and they're like we didn't hear it and for you it might have felt like five minutes but really it was a few seconds you know if you missed a chord you missed a chord and like it, nobody even noticed you know just kind of like those how to not freeze up on stage moments which is not something I generally do but um you know for people that perform all night and tour and have been doing it for years it's it's really cool to just take the stage with them and 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 learn from them in those ways yeah is there a different mentality then when you're taking the stage for your own music where you're the one and you know, the one in front who has to carry the show. Is there just a, a different uh, different mindset? Well, I think it's a little trickier just because the audience is new to the music, right? So you really want to make sure that you're doing everything you can to get the point across. You're enunciating well, you're presenting it well. So people are like, that was cool. I want to listen to that album again and, and maybe see another show or whatever. Um, you know, with something like heart, it's like, yeah, most people have heard a heart song or two in their lives. So <laughs> it's, there's a little less pressure in some ways. Um, and just being behind a guitar versus 
being the front woman, I suppose is a little different, but um, either way, it's, it's so much fun. You know, back to you, you like your solo career in this case, like how do you kind of try to cut through all the other music that's being pushed out and get yourself noticed? I know it's so saturated. Um, if you figure it out, let me know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If we figure it out, well, then we're not doing interviews anymore. We're just. <laughs> you guys can just figure that out for me. No, um, I, I just I think that there's. Gosh, that's a tough question. Um, I think you just kind of got to be true to what you're doing, right? Like you got to just put out your own unique take on things. I mean, nobody's reinventing the wheel too much these days, but um, just being out there, you know, just getting the material out as much as possible and performing as much as possible at really nice quality gigs and um, just aligning yourself with really stellar musicians is kind of it's what I'm trying to do just so that it's, it's always this really sellable marketable product that, you know, is fulfilling for me. It's got to bring me joy. Otherwise I'm not going to do it. Right. So. How hard do you find it is to get gigs? Oh, I don't think it's too hard to get gigs. It's harder to like get all your musicians available on the same day than it is to get the gigs. Um, and, you know, I mean, I get offered a lot of gigs, a lot of charity gigs. I do a, a decent amount of charity work. So there's there's some of that as well. But um, I'm at the point now where it's like just trying to kind of get to the next level of of gigdom. So what is the next level of gigdom then for you? Yeah. Um, you know, just working on expanding the audience and trying to just increase the fan base and, and, you know, just things like this, just getting the album out to people who may not have come across it naturally. Yeah. Cause it's so hard again, like we talked about before. I mean, just there's so many albums released that when you, when you see something, you have to be able to kind of, you know, mm -hmm. figure out that way to put your hand up and be like, Hey, this one right here. Yeah. I, I got it. I got an idea. I, I got a solve for you there. Like yeah. $15, take $15 and make a kick-ass music video. You're welcome. $15? Cool. Yeah. 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 I hear you can do them cheaper nowadays. Well, with technology, of course, yeah. <laughs> if I knew how to do video editing, I would make a lot more videos. I'll be honest. <laughs> um, we're actually filming a video for Cut and Run on Sunday, so we're getting started with that. And that will be, I have a different band that I've been performing with. Um, so they'll, they'll be in the music video too. So that'll be exciting. Is it, has it got a concept board, a high, high end concept here or? Well, it did. And then some few, a few things started falling apart. So my, my grand idea for this whole album was that it's a driving album. It's that you get in your, you know, for me, maybe it's a muscle car. <laughs> you get in your muscle car. It's a sunny day. You got the window down. You got the breeze in your face. And and you just crank the tunes and you're out on those open back roads. And so the idea for Cut and Run, the song itself, was to do a video like that. Um, but, you know, it's been a little tough just to kind of get the muscle car lined up. I don't know if any of you are familiar, but they can be very finicky. And uh, so as soon as I get one lined up, then they're like, oh, we're back in the shop again or whatever. <laughs> I kind of scrapped it because I've been working on it for about a year now. And I'm like, all right, let's just get something done. So we're going to do a studio version. And then, um, you know, as we perform more, I'll hire a crew to, to do some live videos too. But um, awesome. let's start somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that, I mean, it's a big deal to get your face out there as much as 
And that, I mean, that's how you do it. That's how you get your face out there, not just the music out there. People need brand recognition along with the sound recognition. Absolutely. Yeah. And I did a music video recently. I, I get these harebrained ideas and luckily my friends will generally get on board. But I just, um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with a band called the Mayfield Four. Um, they were yep. based out of Spokane and their singer is Miles Kennedy. So he's... Oh. Flash, you know, uh, yeah, you know my yeah. We, we, we've seen him live. You guys know what I'm talking about. So anyway, um, one of their songs called Summer Girl really struck a chord with me. And I, I just wrote like a harmony part with it. And I just kind of wanted to like Miles and I have a very similar range. And I was like, oh, I want to do something with this song. So I called my buddy um, Jeff Buner from the Loyal Order. And I was like, you know, he's got a real gruff metal voice, you know. And I said, hey, will you do this duet with me? And he said yes. And so then we call Brandon and we call a few other people and um, we did this. The video turned out awesome. It just kind of looks like we're, you know, it's documentary style. We're recording the song and whatnot. But um, even that, just just putting that out there as like a harebrained idea, just a one off. I'm calling it unexpected duets. And so I'm just gathering different people doing different style again with the different styles, different genres, um, different artists and and just kind of having this like. It's just a super fun side project. Um, so we're all, we're all working on that as well, not to derail us too, <laughs> too off the no, track. I'd love to see you and Jeff together. That'd be awesome. Um, I'll have to send you guys a link to the to the video. It's called Summer Girl. It's on it's on YouTube. It's on Facebook. Nice. Yes, we will have to check that out. I mean, we love Jeff. He's a great guy. So yeah, you know, we've had a chance to talk to him a couple times, and he's nice. he's being really yeah yeah really cool guy. Yeah. Yeah, he just played bass with us for my last show, actually. Recruiting. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Just uh, didn't make him get out there and sing. <laughs> no, nah, he was like, I'll just play bass. I was like, come on. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do have a certainly like a, a whole collection of very impressive musicians in that, in that area. Yeah, there's no shortage of super badasses. I, I'm really stoked. Um, and it was one of those things like I was getting ready to assemble the band for the album release. And I was like, who's the dream band? And then you know, <laughs> kind of just like hope that people are available. And then and then I don't know. I just I'm I'm so excited with the people that I have on board. You know, I was able to get most of the studio band um to do the album release and I hired a different horn section and a couple different backup singers, uh, harmony singers. And then Brandon and I got super crazy in the studio. And at one point he called me and he's like, do you think this is too much queen? Cause we were like layering like so many guitars. <laughs> I was like, never too much queen, man. Like, let's go for it. So then we hired um, uh, a guitarist by the name of Tim Deck approached me and, and I ended up uh, signing him on and he's been, crucial because we have all these really beautiful guitar harmonies so the three of us play guitar and then i have ryan moore on drums who's just he's just a powerhouse so it's it's been fun and then a few revolving bassists when alan's out of town so <laughs> kick ass well it sounds amazing and uh, and i can't you know and i think everybody should uh, go out and give you a listen and certainly try to go see you live but sarah we want to give you the chance to tell everybody how they can find you and where they can find the album keep up with you all that stuff yes absolutely so my website is sarahmoonmusic.com and uh you can find the album anywhere um it's available to stream on any 
I think on all streaming services. So iTunes, Spotify, you can check it out on, um, on YouTube as well. Um, there, like I said, there'll be videos popping up, but right now you can listen to the audio there. And, um, I have hard copies as well. If people want, you know, actual physical CDs, they can come to a show and, and grab one, or they can contact me through the website and get one as well. Awesome. Well, thank you. with an H, we want to make sure people. Oh, that's that's right. With an H. Yep. Yes, with an H. <laughs> and Moon with two O's. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> no, no E. Yeah, they... yeah. Okay, let's spell it out. No. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I was just thinking to myself how Brett, he also has a kid, and yet it hasn't led to a song, so his is kind of a waste. No. <laughs> <laughs> just not not the same kind of thing. No, no. No, I mean, I'm sure there's other, there's other features. <laughs> there are Probably. some good things about the kid, but, you know, unless he's bringing new music into the house. Uh, how old is your kid, Brett? Uh, 15, no. Okay, okay. So he can start making music. and Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. It's it's time to get him a job. I mean, really. <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, I'm reloading too long. Five. Yeah, yeah, I know. But then it gets time for you to get a job too, months. So. Yeah, well, there's that. <laughs> awesome. Well, Sarah, thank you so much. Uh, we've had a great time, and uh, we look forward to to hearing more of your music and uh, hopefully getting a chance to see you live sometime. So, thank you so much. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Enjoy the day, guys. Awesome. You too. All right. Bye. Bye for now. <laughs>